0: This is BioBusters, Professors Hanging Out Talking Science, episode number 38, recorded on April 14, 2021. (music) Hello folks, you are listening to the podcast It takes you beyond the classroom and into the trenches of science. I am Delbert Abbey-Abdallah, and I am here with two Chrises, not one, two, a fawner and a keller. How are you guys doing today? C-squared. C squared. Doing well. I like it. <laughs> doing like well. It.
1: How are you guys? Like not bad? Uh, not bad. Not bad. I didn't get to see you guys today. I had uh, I had the day off, so I felt kind of, uh, kind of disjointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried good. to call several times. And I was looking all over for you. It was very looking good. all over good. for me. Where was the fire? What what happened? No, no, I had good news, but now we'll just have to wait. Oh, well, thanks for leaving me in suspense. Good. No problem. Yeah. Sorry. I thought I had told you when we talked yesterday or the day before, but maybe that was Delbert. So, well, you probably did tell me. That's okay. I should have told
0: you if twice it's, then. Uh, if it's any consolation, no one asked for you. That's true. At I'm glad my, I, at,
1: le- at least, at least f- on my side of the building. <laughs> I like going under the radar, it's a good place to be. Well, that's All right. Good. What you yeah, go ahead? What, what'd you do today? Yeah, a nice vacation day off. Uh, not really. Um, Out uh, neutering. So I had to take the dog. Had to pick <sighs> him up at the last minute, and then had to kind of watch him Slip, and laugh snip. at him with his uh, with his cone on o- cone of shame. He does not like. It's no. gonna be a long night. I'm How gonna sleep downstairs long? with him. How long does he have to put the cone on? So he can't. I'm hoping that at least a week. The stitches have to stay there for at least 10 to 14 days. He can't run. He can't jump. He needs to try to be as, you know, minimally. Like unpuppyish. Yeah, possible. right. It's it's <laughs> right. He's already jumped three times. You'd and be the opposite of what you're supposed to do. That's right. He's hard. just now starting to lay down and kind of relax with the cone. But like I said, it's gonna be a long night, and uh it's what I signed up for. So that's I can't right. complain. That's right.
0: So, uh, for those of you watching uh, on YouTube rather than uh, listening, Dr. Keller uh, has a different background on today. He I opted do. for a parasitic
2: egg. Do you want to tell us about it? Sure, I didn't know that was happening, but sure. <laughs> well, you chose a back then. It's the only one that worked. So, <laughs> let's be fair here. Uh, this is the egg of Schistosoma hematobium which is a tapeworm, or excuse me, a fluke, that uh, causes um, uh, blood, bladder cancer really is the big deal. Yeah. So uh, some people get chronic infections, repeated infections, and yeah. uh, develop bladder cancer. It's uh, uh, actually- can, sure, yeah. yeah, the eggs are considered okay. a, a type 1 carcinogen by the WHO.
0: Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, also can cause blood in urine. Well,
2: of that which- would be the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's a, one of the few, few infectious diseases I know that can directly penetrate the skin too. All you have to do is stay in water and it'll just dig right in.
1: That is correct. It's a so creepy. really, really a great uh, parasite and infection to, to get. To start saying. off the episode. Absolutely. That well, you know,
2: it, it's a short story. Uh, when I was over in Kenya working on my PhD, uh, Lake Victoria was supposedly a great fishing lake and I, you know, like High page.
0: infection rate, though. Mm.
2: so. yeah. So uh, you know, my my PI, my boss, time DJ said, "Don't do it. Let's not go out there because you just stick your arm in the water and you can get it." They had a group of guys known as the Car Washers. Mm. Sounds like a gang, but it, yeah, yeah, it <laughs> that was like their job. <laughs> so they would back your Jeep into the lake and wash it. They all, they all had repeated infections. Some had yep. bl- bladder cancer from yeah. yeah. From, oh god, you know, uh, oh, that's uh, unfortunate. It, 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 Another uh,
0: interesting fact about this parasite, and we'll move on after this, is um, uh, a very common in the Nile River and the Nile mm-hmm. Valley. And uh, 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 back in Pharaoh times, uh, ancient Egypt, uh, say five, six, seven thousand years ago, uh, they used to think uh, that uh, boys uh, got. Uh, menstruation like females because they would get they would swim in the nile they would get infected with schisto and uh they would pee blood at <laughs> a certain you know start because they start swimming you know 10 11 12 years of age nine maybe and then uh, they'd get blood in the urine and they used to think boys uh, had the same uh, puberty cycles female in terms of menstruation and that turned out to be uh, the parasite isn't that crazy it's interesting All right, today's. Thank you for that future nightmare. (laughs) Don't swim in the Nile. Yeah. (laughs) Today's
1: birthday, take it away, Fawner. Robert L. Mills, um, born April 15th, 1927, and unfortunately passed away October 27th, 1999, at the age of 72. So, I mean, fairly old. I hopefully make it past that. That's at least one of my dreams, but we'll see what happens, I guess. Okay, not to get too morbid here. Uh, He was an American physicist who shared the 1980 Rumford Premium Prize with his colleague uh, Chen Ning Yang for their development of a generalized gauge invariant field theory in 1954. Um, They proposed a tensor equation for what is now called uh, the Yang-Mills field or fields. And their mathematical work was aimed at understanding and determining the strong interaction that holds together nucleons in atomic nuclei. So that's actually pretty cool and some foundational work there for what, pretty much all of chemistry and all of life. And, uh,
0: yeah. Electromagnetism and mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Pretty uh, much cons- uh, foundation of uh, particle theory.
1: Yeah. And uh, the quantum Yang-Mills theory. Yeah. Like you said, ele- um, elementary particle theory And it's now the foundation for a lot of different experimental laboratories worldwide. And it has been tested many, many times. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, it goes back to that word theory. Sometimes people think in science, theory means, you know, uh, crazy uncle at Thanksgiving table has a theory. It's not that, right? The word theory in English and science mean completely two different things. In science, it means it has been tested many, many times and proven to be true many, many times.
1: Well, and that leads us to maybe some i don't know if we've talked about it before in an earlier podcast but evolutionary theory and the kind of war against gravitational evolution and, theory and, all, and gravitational all, all, yeah, theory yep. kind of, yeah yeah exactly
0: all right uh well, thank you for that uh let's talk about coronavirus a bit, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna give you a short
1: update hopefully hopefully in about a year we can start a show off I don't know. not that this isn't important because it is important to update our listeners and to talk about what's the newest news and controversy whatever but maybe in a year or two we'll start off the podcast with oh hey uh medical innovation update instead of coronavirus. That'll probably Um, be Ebola or something. Sorry, Probably coming next.
0: (laughs) So as of today, worldwide cases, roughly 139 million with 3 million deaths. U.S. cases, 33 million with about 578,000 deaths. Uh, U.S. vaccination effort is actually moving along quite nicely. Uh At least one dose, 38% of the population, and fully vaccinated, 24% of the population. Those are some good numbers. Uh, so we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, other COVID updates in the news, we can't ignore it, is the J&J, Johnson & Johnson vaccine has been paused or at least the CDC and the FDA recommended a pause. Yep. Uh, most most states have complied, if not all states actually. Uh, but yeah, so one out of one point one four one million, which comes to a pretty zero high percentage, <laughs> like zero. zero point.
2: That's a lot zero, of zeros.
0: Zero 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 eight seven five percent uh,
1: got some clotting disorders. Know you're dealing with a small number. Whenever you have trouble counting the actual, when you have to like double check it. Oh yeah, that's four zeros. I have to move my
0: cursor along Uh just
1: to make sure I I get all the zeros right.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, what do we think? Let's uh, let's discuss. I mean, the number is extremely extremely small, right? But given the sort of general environment of vaccine hesitancy, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence on, does this increase vaccine hesitancy? Does it decrease it short-term versus long-term? I know we're talking about vaccine hesitancy
2: in a bit, but... Well, well yeah, let's hold that thought. I, I think it's more important to to discuss whether or not it was a good move mm-hmm. first. I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's a good move? The hesitancy is part of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, now... I mean, we had a goal in mind. We may not make that goal now because remember the J&J is just one dose vaccine, yeah. easier Ex- to store, easier Correct. to give.
0: Except that uh, the, the bulk, the majority, 80, 90% of the American vaccine supply is Pfizer and Moderna.
2: Sure, because they started earlier and have a
1: stockpile. But with the J and J in there, we could hurry up and ramp things up significantly. This could have been really sped up with a greater rollout of J and J. So I guess it depends how long this pause remains in effect. And uh, so the the
0: the committee, uh, the the uh, what do you call it? Not committee, but the panel panel Mm. is meeting again next week. They they said that they needed another week to review data, uh, which. To me, I I don't know work twenty four seven, man. Like uh, that's slightly. I I don't know how much uh, how much you need to review, but there there might be more to this than we actually know, or than is in the news,
2: right? Well, that's always that's always the case, isn't it? Yeah. And but I I, I do
1: go ahead. I was just going to say I like the caution. I I like the safe, cautious. Let's be methodical approach, but I do agree with you along the lines of okay. Uh, why couldn't this have been, I guess, broken down and elucidated by the end of this week? Unless there's a ton more data that we're not aware of that they have to analyze and go over. In
0: the U.S. alone, there have been 7 point some now, 7 point some million Johnson & Johnson doses given, right? So, uh, I mean, sifting through all of that... uh, you know, it, it takes time. I I understand. In my mind, I'm sure the CDC and the FDA considered vaccine hesitancy before saying, you know, what we recommend a pause. If they did not, that would be highly, highly irresponsible. Yeah, in, in in my mind, if they did not consider vaccine hesitancy before <laughs> releasing those statements uh, in a pandemic, nonetheless, to me, that's that that would be. Uh, that would be very not, and I not think, a
1: good thing. Well, like you said, it could lend more credence to what anti-vaxxers and um, the proponents of vaccine hesitancy. If maybe this didn't occur, then they would say, oh, look, um, the, the, the government has put XYZ in this vaccine to microchip you and control you. They don't want to pause it. They want to get everybody vaccinated so we can control you, you know, uh, <laughs> over, over the radio waves, God, what, whatever it is, whatever it is. I, I think this actually, like you said, is a responsible and hopefully well thought out way. Look at it for a few days, come to a well-informed decision, and then reinstitute the vaccine.
2: So I, I guarantee you that they're they're pausing it, they're waiting a week to see if there's any more cases. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And and let's face it, we're talking about a clotting disorder, not a headache, not a fever. Mm. we're not talking about we're not talking about aches and pains here we're talking about something that's going to be lethal yeah and typically clotting disorders i mean they can arise for different things but autoantibodies is one possibility and anytime you have a vaccine and you start seeing autoantibodies we we want to make sure
1: that it's safe Um, Uh, my other question would be too how long does it take for you know any of these side effects, and for the potential clotting disorder to manifest in affected patients uh, who have gotten the vaccine, um, whatever week-ish. the time range is. What'd you say? A,
0: a week, maybe five to ten days. I think they're seeing them
1: in in people maybe in, within five to ten days or so. Okay. So hopefully within the next week, and we've hopefully pushed past that that range that time period. Hopefully the number stays still relatively low. And it doesn't significantly boost in the next week. And that can then further justify, okay, every vaccine has side effects. We have to be cautious because you don't want to mess around with clotting, like, uh, like Chris said.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and every vaccine does have side effects, right? If you And we can talk about that in the next episode because, I personally, I didn't look up the data. But there are a ton of FDA-approved vaccines out there that that... You know, some have side effects. One in five million, one in ten million, whatever. Right? Those those
2: numbers are out there, right? Sure, and it may be this case here too. But you know, you got to do your due diligence. Yep. You can't I just agree. say, you know what, we're going to ignore it. We're going to we're going to move on. Yep. Uh, there's been plenty of vaccines pulled from the market because of possible auto antibodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, meningitis comes to mind, Lyme yeah. disease, things like that. Yeah. You don't yeah. You yeah. don't even see them anymore because sure. auto autoimmunity is not something you want to mess with. Yeah.
0: And now, uh, where the media keys in on everything COVID, right? It's it's amplified, you know. Yeah. Sure, uh, of So you know th- there is that, right? Um, the other thing, you know, that I, that I started thinking about, right? So there are a couple of reports out of Europe in AstraZeneca cases that may have also caused clots, and as you know, both the AstraZeneca and the Johnson and Johnson vaccine are adenovirus uh, based vectors, right? I don't know if there's something else in the vaccine that may have caused it. I tried to find uh, uh, cases of uh, adenoviruses causing clots. Couldn't find really any. There, there's. They were very hard to find. I couldn't find. uh, Pure reports of like one or two people with extreme cases of like, uh, colds that, you know, are s- stronger than your regular cold that, you know, uh, showed up with some clots, but not, not something you see. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it, it could be just, uh, and right now, uh, we haven't seen the data. Right. And I don't think the media has seen the data. We don't know if these six individuals had previous
1: comorbidities because of other
0: other causes sure
1: that's actually quite true is it the
0: vaccine or did they have uh, clotting disorders to start off with or maybe they had susceptibilities high blood pressure whatever it was right we don't know yet so maybe that's why the pause is there to sort of sort of decipher that is it Is it any higher than the general population? Mm -hmm. Like what's the random clotting disorder in
1: the general population, you know? And I think that feeds into exactly what Chris had said that you had to, I think you had to pause it. I think that's the determination we're coming to is I think the pause was justified. It was necessary um, for the greater good, just to do your due diligence and examine the data, make sure that there isn't a larger issue at hand before hopefully this thing is reinstituted in the next few weeks. Your yeah. vaccine skeptics aren't gonna stop. You know no, they, this no,
2: this no. this isn't gonna change anybody's mind, honestly. You're right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, talking about clots and you know risk of clots, I guess, with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, then led me to think of, well, you know, it's been very well documented, not just with SARS-CoV-2 but with other previous SARS infections that patients with severe uh, SARS infections can get clots. So I'm like, all right, which one is a higher risk? Do do you run a higher chance of getting clots from a severe coronavirus infection or, or, or uh, Johnson and Johnson, right? So, and that leads us to this episode's scientific study. So I found two studies uh, and we'll discuss them kind of together, both sort of recently published first. First study published in Thrombosis Research in 2020, July of 2020. And the title of the study is "Incidence of Thrombotic Complications in Critically Ill ICU Patients with COVID-19. And uh, pretty much they looked at uh, what are the chances of getting clots in uh, people sick, severe uh, COVID and hospitalized patients. And, uh, you know, they looked at a bunch of patients admitted to the ICU at a bunch of uh, teaching hospitals. And uh, out of the 184 ICU patients, the uh, cumulative incidence of uh, pretty much uh, a clotting disorder of some sort is around 31%. So uh, much higher risk of clotting. Uh, uh, disorder or uh, clots happening if you get severe COVID uh, so far Uh, in that data. The second study uh, uh, came out of uh, Wuhan, uh, China, and its uh, prevalence of venous uh, thromboembolism in patients with severe novel coronavirus pneumonia. And uh, in this case, they looked at 81 patients admitted to the ICU with severe COVID, And uh, in this, uh, they found uh, venous thromboembolism, so pretty much a clot in a vein, Mm -hmm. in uh, 25% of those patients uh, that were admitted to the ICU, and eight of which uh, ended up dying, even though they were treated with all sorts of uh,
2: anticoagulants, right? Yeah, something interesting. You know, think about a cytokine storm, right? Just because I love a good cytokine storm. We've been saying that's pretty much what what COVID's doing in the lungs, and clearly it's going to be systemic as well. If you're having it, right? You know, one of the uh, one of the bystanders that gets activated during cytokine storm is platelet activating factor. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So I'm wondering if that has any role here in, in activating, you know, clotting. I mean, you can see DIC oftentimes with sepsis, so. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure it
0: is. And you know, based on these studies, and I think now it's uh, standard care in hospitals, and a lot of patients uh, that are admitted to ICUs, they're uh, uh, given thrombosis prophylaxis. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. And yeah, that's very interesting. To me, in uh, my
0: mind, uh, reinforces the need for vaccination as a prevention of severe disease because. While all three vaccines currently approved in the. US, right Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson mm-hmm. while all of them have been shown to uh, 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 to prevent severe disease, in Pfizer and moderna, a hundred percent effective against severe disease, right? right. Uh, in some cases, you may still get infected and get a very mild symptoms, right? or maybe still be a carrier. We don't know yet, right? You transmission, we don't know if it stops transmission or not. There's right. some anecdotal data. But what we do know from all three vaccines is that they prevent severe disease. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where you have the highest risk of these thrombotic events in 20, 30%. And- uh, it's easier to say here when, you know, we haven't gotten the Johnson & Johnson, but I mean, I take 0.00008% over 25 any day. Great. Yeah. Gilbert, that's, do you that's, know? Oh, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, ahead, we'll
1: no, that's we'll a, a
0: fair point. I'm we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens again with, with the data. Hopefully more data gets released on the Johnson & Johnson. We're not making a, a conclusion
1: either way. We, we, we're saying well, we want to see more. Delbert, do you know um, in that second paper, uh, the incidence of venous thromboembolism, uh, did uh, any of those uh, incidences of venous thromboembolism eventually turn into or result in a pulmonary embolism? Because uh, some, pulmonary embolisms can be caused by that. I just didn't know what the relationship was there with them, yeah. them turning into PE.
0: Yeah, I did not. Uh, I, 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 I did not. Discuss all of the data in the paper, but okay, uh, of that twenty-five percent of uh, venous thromboembolism, they break it down in the paper into which ones. uh, Some of them ended up in the brain, some of them ended up in In legs, some of them ended up in the lungs with pulmonary embolism. Yeah, they were uh, pretty much all all over the body uh, with different percentages. And uh, for our listeners uh, and for you, I've got the link in the show notes. Cool. So people will be able to read that. And uh, both both uh, are not behind a paywall. Both are free. Very cool. Okay. So let's talk about vaccine hesitancy, right? Uh, I think it's a timely topic, particularly with what's going on with uh, Johnson
2: & Johnson. It's just, it's just we, we come up with new words all the time. I mean, it's not a new concept. No, No, it no, isn't. It isn't you know i mean uh, you know the anti-vaxxers mm-hmm. and uh, again i mean everybody's got to make their choice but it's usually based on pseudoscience is one oh, yeah. thing but there's always been vaccine hesitancy i mean look right. at kids they're always hesitant to get vaccines but
0: no i mean not just not just this century i mean vaccine hesitancy goes back to the early uh,
2: 1800s well that but that's because they were experimenting on each other back then. I mean, well, chance, that's Edward Jenner you, was giving right, people actual cow <laughs> your chance to get polio or smallpox was still pretty high with a vaccine.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: yeah. Now, now you we expect our vaccine to protect us. Just like we you expect when you walk in the hospital that you're walking back out. You know, it,
0: right. Yeah, right.
2: We, we we were trying to say there's there's risks. I mean, measles vaccines have risks, the flu vaccine has a risk every year. Yeah, but you also have more of a risk not getting it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, no.
0: the The benefits of vaccination still far, far, oh, far, far outweigh any risks associated with vaccines. And you know we're pro vaccines on this podcast, but uh, we also uh, don't lie to people, and we say yes, some vaccines have side effects. I mean, oh, yeah. absolutely. But the benefits far, far, far outweigh uh, your your, uh, chances of, uh, you know, the side effects.
1: Is there a single, I mean, is there a single, is there one vaccine, therapy, treatment, drug, pharmaceutical that does not have a possible side effect? There are side effects to anything. That I mean, you, could you take a Tylenol, put into your body. Look at Tylenol. Absolutely, okay. yeah.
0: You can you can get uh, bleeds. You know, you yep. can, it's it, and and this this stuff is over the counter. You know, anybody can buy it in any amount. Uh, there there are risks to to anything. You know, yep. uh, you drink too much water in one day and. You can die. Excessive yeah. amount of water, right? I mean,
1: <laughs> these things—it's possible. Physiologically, it's possible. Not eating that much water. No, it's. But it's just very interesting to think about this. And like Chris said, this isn't. This might be the newest, sensationalistic and fancy yeah, and bit. buzzworthy that, term that, that's, that's that everybody thing, will right? Google. No. Vaccine no. hesitancy. Uh-huh.
2: You know. What? I'm, I'm hesitant about that Well, you either get it or you don't, you know, we, we, nobody's here to change your mind. I would well, be great if we could, but yeah, these people have made up their mind. They just don't really
1: want to tell you. And, 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 you know, this, this is influenced by, you know, a, a lot of different things, right. And something that we're going to talk about and debate throughout the next, you know, probably 15 minutes or so is what leads to this hesitancy or this refusal of somebody to get the vaccine, even though it's now becoming much more readily available. I mean, a few months ago or the last few months, there were different restrictions and tiers in place. Not but anymore. In, right. in PA, yeah. everybody but is everybody else part. for the most part. Okay. Sixteen and up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and it, it, it comes down to complacency. Uh oh, is it convenient for me to take I don't know it could be what, it's half long, an hour, 40, 45 minutes out of my day to go get vaccinated. The quick It doesn't answer take that BS. long. Most and of these places, it doesn't take that long. Yeah. no. How long did it take us? 15 minutes. Barely. And that's if we wait and if that's yeah. to make sure we don't have any effects to sit after we get the shot. Sure, then another 15-minute okay. wait. Sure, yeah. right. And if somebody yeah. has to drive, you factor that in. But if you have to take an hour out of your day to go to your doctor or go to a clinic, get the vaccine, wait 20 minutes there, drive back another 20 minutes. It, it, it's worth it, but people might use it as an excuse I, I, sure I, I,
0: also I think part of the problem in today's world is is uh it's meme heavy right people get information from a single post on on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is and anecdote wins over fact and you know You mean
1: like a like a witty scientific phrase <laughs> on uh, an instagram page like the Bible the Bio right? Busters. yeah okay. <laughs>
0: We will welcome you to get your information. Uh, well, well, thank you for that, actually, because I don't think we've announced it on our show yet.
1: No, not yet. I think so uh,
0: we uh, have an Instagram page now. We have finally entered the twenty-first century. <laughs> we have resisted. We've been on. We've been a podcast for about three years now, and. We've uh, resisted as much as we could, but we, we realize the beast that is social media. And we plan to utilize it for good. That is correct. And we are on Instagram. You can uh, just Google the BioBusters podcast or just search for the BioBusters podcast on Instagram and you'll find us. Please subscribe smash that sub follow
2: actually you follow on instagram smash that follow button we're happy to have scientific debates via well pretty much any one of our platforms Absolutely. But it must be based on realistic science and not your personal feelings.
0: <laughs> That's right. Like one of the comments true. we got this week, you mean?
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I mean, people are welcome their comments. But but keep in mind that that feeds into this whole hesitancy thing. You know, yeah. if you've got somebody that you respect who doesn't even have an opinion or excuse yeah. me, that doesn't have a doesn't have a scientific background, but has an opinion. Yeah. You you want to listen there? It's just like listening to some of these actors. They don't know anything about science. Right? We
0: we we're welcome uh, to in, we we welcome comments. We want to engage absolutely scientifically. But if you leave a comment that just says bullshit and move on <laughs> without you know uh providing <laughs>
2: without there, fa-
0: <laughs> without providing facts <laughs> or providing links even if even if you give me a bonkers link you know just you want to have a discussion we'll have it with you and uh we, well,
1: we'd like to have a fact based one but on well, something uh, else that i think we have discussed maybe off air in the last few years you know the three of us all together is that that word opinion can sometimes be bandied about and the phrase everybody's entitled to their opinion can sometimes be, I don't know, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of a misnomer, or it can be dangerous to say everybody's entitled to their opinion for the following reason. Everybody is entitled to their opinion, but when you start mixing and misconstruing opinion with scientific fact, well, then you're not talking about an opinion. You're saying, oh, I don't believe that vaccinations or vaccines contain this or are helpful. Okay, that's what you think, but it's not based on logic, scientific fact, or reasoning. You're wrong, in in essence. (laughs) And in (laughs) In that case, your opinion is wrong. I'm sorry, but based on all of the available data, your opinion in that case is wrong. And, 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 And that's the caveat there. Based on what we know,
0: X, Y, Z happens, right? And science changes over time. Uh, Scientists sometimes change their mind because they have new evidence that shows otherwise. And that's the best we can do, really. Based on current
1: information, X, Y, Z is what we think is true. And think about the oversight, too. Uh, The one dangerous thing about social media, about memes, about the meme-heavy world, as you said and put, that I I really like that phrase, the meme-heavy world. There's no really oversight there, right? I know these oh, no, social no. media companies no. are starting to crack no. down on, you know, these conspiracy theories they and can. maybe limiting can. some stuff. But think about the oversight and the rigor of scientific analysis of publication, of data analysis, of redoing an experiment multiple times to publish- (laughs) The peer review process. Yeah, Yeah. The The peer review process is so rigorous that sometimes you're in the middle of it. I mean, sometimes you write up a paper how many times? And by the time you get to the second or third revision, you're banging your head against the table going, oh my God, I can't believe I have to revise this again. But it's done for a reason because everything that's published has been put through the ringer
2: but you know it's easy to put out a good meme mean or meme depending on who you are but it's <laughs> it's it's easy to it's easy to be funny and witty yep. right? a lot oh, of people of have it, you got a course. good sense of humor yeah. but you know having other people look at it and say oh well that's a fact that and they do right? yeah. it's a misinformation yeah. Yeah. based on your yeah. personal opinion
0: yep. and in, here's here's what people i think sometimes don't understand about the process of science or about scientists. And I think we should we should move on. But mo- people think that scientists are trying to prove something is true. Most scientists are trying to prove something is false. Mm-hmm. Most science is to disprove something. And then and after holes. a while- after all, well, you're poking holes in something, you get a piece of data, and you're like, no, I don't believe it. Let's, let's do it again. Right? Mm-hmm. Most the process of science, most of the time is to try to poke holes through things to disprove something, to disprove your preconceptions, to disprove what you think is going to happen. And then eventually you're like, the evidence just piles on. You're like, well, I guess this is what happens, right? Yep. And most people think, oh, scientists set out to prove something is true when I think most science is, is to tr- try to prove something is false. And that's how you get to the truth. Agreed. All right. So is the vaccine effort slowing down in the U.S.? Where, where are we? Where, where, when do we think we'll get to herd immunity in the U.S.?
2: That's, that's a hard. That's a hard question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because uh, everywhere is different. Right. I mean, I wish we had treated every town and city and area different from the beginning of this whole mm. ordeal. But, you know, to say where, where and when does herd immunity occur is going to be dependent on where and when you go. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, New York City, I bet you a lot of people have antibodies. They're going to be tested.
0: closer probably to herd immunity probably, than yeah. other places. Right? Then,
2: yeah. You know, Erie, you know, we've had a, a lot of cases now and a lot of vaccines have flow, uh, flowed through here, but someplace close by might not have had as many vaccines. So yeah. Yeah. when are we going to reach herd immunity that we're seeing minimal cases? Probably another year is my guess.
1: Yeah. Well, i think uh, it's definitely it, it's definitely gonna take maybe longer than was initially thought well, what maybe a year half a year ago once we started getting good vaccine news and you I, know, I, I, uh, think, I
0: think it's gonna data i think it's gonna depend on when we maybe perhaps also uh, uh ramp up more doses right so currently if we keep vaccinating at the current rate we're vaccinating a three roughly around three and a half million doses a day, we should have 70% of our population vaccinated
2: by June 9th. If they take it. If, if, if they take it. I'm including those people that, I mean, the anti-vaxxers make up a huge, yep. not, not huge, but a significant, a significant m- proportion yeah. now mm. against herd immunity. right? Well, so they're not going to they're, they're have kids. But if, they're,
0: if they're in the 10%,
2: Probably right. more than that. Double. I Probably think, more than ten percent. I, I think, think that number is.
0: You're saying yep. COVID hesitancy, not all that,
2: not all anti vaxxers like COVID no. anti I'm thinking anti vaxxers in certain <laughs> areas. You're going to have. more than 15 percent.
1: Yep. No more than fifteen. I say agree. Between ten and fifteen yeah. percent, plus yeah. the hesitancy. I, yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah. I think. That number is underreported. I agree with Chris. I think putting together vaccine hesitancy and the anti, the full-blown anti-vaxxers together, that represents a significant minority. And I worry over the fact that this pandemic hit, where this word vaccine and the concept of, of a vaccine, I won't say it's become more prominent than ever in the last year. But that's all you hear on the news now. That's all you see on social media now. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. And I actually read a study that was, uh, read through an article that was published, I think just a few weeks ago in uh, the journal uh, Vaccine, I'm pretty sure. And um, they looked at social media posts and Google searches and um, anti-vaccination searches during the COVID-19 pandemic has had a continued and even increasing presence during the pandemic. And I wondered just in terms of this kind of self feeding cycle, now this vaccine's coming out, now there are issues that are going to come up with any vaccine that is distributed, manufactured, and made available. There are going to be side effects. And now these people have. Something to hang their hat on. Anti-vaxxers, yeah, yeah. vaccine hesitancy—that is their golden goose. That is their excuse. Well, then,
2: what we need to do is show the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Yep, you've had millions and millions of people vaccinated, and we're still not zombies. Yeah. Over
0: over a hundred and fifty or so million doses of vaccines have been given in this country.
2: You know, you can't get COVID from this vaccine. Not none of them. No, no. Over a hundred fifty
0: million doses, and the, the 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 cases
2: of severe side effects have been minor. I, I'm, I'm going to go out and say and this is an opinion based on observation. Not, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm going to say that there's less serious side effects with these vaccines than than the normal childhood vaccines that we give during. Uh, I I agree with you during childhood. Not yeah. all of them. Some of them. Some I, have I, minimal side effects. Yeah.
0: But uh, let, let's. Uh, I agree with you and you know what yeah. for, for the next episode let's actually dig those numbers up because okay. I think it'll be nice to have a comparison yeah. it would be okay. it's a good idea but you know, part, but the biggest concern with people is it was manufactured too quickly. It was manufactured too quickly, and we've talked about this on this no, episode before. No. I don't, I don't, I don't think we should. It went through you know, the same.
2: process? The process exactly. when you when you put all your eggs in one basket doesn't take long to fill a basket, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And when you're thinking about under normal circumstances, you had a lot of people taking eggs out of the basket while you're trying to fill it. Mm-hmm. That's my best government analogy there. <laughs> right? All the red tape you had to go through, and people needed minimized. You know, Minimize. yeah, yeah. It, it really it really minimized the importance of what each individual vaccine was doing but when you've got the entire country behind one the world one obstacle the world right? but one obstacle we can clearly meet that obstacle yeah you know We've who I uh, killed that
1: before keller reminds me sometimes of uh ron swanson from parks and rec <laughs> given that he was very much like yeah, the only reason I'm part of the government is to destroy the government from within <laughs> to show that all of this is meaningless and that people can survive on their own. You know, it's, and just like that eggs metaphor. I like that. That was very he, Ron Swanson esque. He's he's one he's one of the best uh characters on that on that show. And that and that show's great. Fantastic. I mean, Parks and Rec, great you're ever, material. This is the last thing I'll say because I know where I'm going on a tangent, but if you're ever bored at the gym or bored on a walk or, you know, bored in your office when we're not working 12 hours a day and working hard, as we always do. But uh they have YouTube-like uh, channels devoted to best of Ron Swanson. Last week, I think I filled up half my gym time just watching Parks and Rec. He's a great watching- meme. He's a oh, great yeah. meme
0: generator, absolutely. But I would venture... Uh, what's the word you, you like to say, not venture to say? I would hazard. Mm. I would I would hazard to say, Foner, that you need a new gym routine if you're getting bored at the gym. I Just know. Listen I, to the
2: podcast again. That's
0: right. You gotta step it up, bro. Don't you worry. gotta watch you gotta watch that on YouTube. You gotta watch the BioBusters on YouTube and and not uh Swanson.
1: Yeah, that's just what's going to, mo- that would motivate me to probably work out more is seeing this face and yeah, that'll, that'll really that's a- make me feel good about myself.
0: Okay. All right, what are some numbers you dug up on uh, vaccine
1: hesitancy? So in terms of um, vaccine hesitancy, the one thing that actually got us kind of going on this was, And I think one that's been reported in the news quite a bit is the fact that in thinking about the military, um, many members of the armed forces are currently eligible to get the coronavirus vaccine. But it's been reported that in a lot of units, less than half of those members have agreed to get vaccinated. So we're getting a lot, we're getting a very high degree of vaccine hesitancy in our armed forces. And yeah, that kind of, I, I don't know how you combat that or how you really... Well, not fight you know, against it, but uh, the, it needs- there
0: there is a way. There is a way, and uh, the Department of Defense and the military, uh, in all its units—army, air force, navy, whatever—they uh, mandate certain vaccines. They can certainly they, man- they can ser- <laughs> they can certainly mandate this one if they choose to, right? So, your body is not your own. Absolutely, the the, technically, the military owns your body. In, that is correct, in, and uh, they can say. This is what you're doing, son and or daughter, and uh, then that's what you're doing. And uh, the military can make that choice. They haven't yet. Uh, They mandate a ton of other vaccines, and uh, they can choose to do this one too. But um, I I, I guess they haven't yet, and maybe if uh, vaccine hesitancy remains this high in the military, they might. Who knows?
1: And I did read also, and this was from maybe about a month ago, but I did also read that right now, and I believe this was based on polling, and I'll double check that, but uh, vaccine hesitancy is worse right now in the EU than it is in the US. Really? That is interesting, yeah. Now, that was, again, that was about a month ago, but um, uh, it's in... I'll I'll look into kind of more specifically that data and we could even talk about it a little bit more in an update for, um, for next week, but uh, it's, it seems to be much more of a problem in the European Union than it is in the U S and it's, the U S is vaccinating at a faster pace at least as of a few weeks ago than any member of the EU. And it's actually our vaccination rate is three times the average that's Been yeah. determined in the EU. So uh,
0: yeah. sorry, I looked at my phone. By the way, we got a text message from Keller reminding us of the time. Oh, we, trying yes. to be so <laughs> sneaky. Nobody knew
2: I was doing it. You said eight o'clock.
0: You I did. I did. We we're trying to keep those episodes so, under forty-five minutes, which we're, we are at about forty-five minutes. So let's wrap this part up. So so Keller can take it. With well, the we game can show. always
1: do. We can we can move this over to the next episode. And Honestly, do we can one next do week. a part two. I think we have more than enough material to close out hesitancy. The most
0: most important part here, if you are one of our listeners and you haven't gotten vaccinated yet uh, and and you believe in in vaccines, please get the vaccine. And Mm -hmm. the reason for that is you hear about these variants, you hear about these mutants and the only way a virus mutates or becomes a variant is by replicating and you stop replication by taking away the host. And the more people we get Mm -hmm. vaccinated the less and less there are chances for the virus to divide, mutate, replicate, et cetera, and become a variant. So best way to do that is to vaccinate as many people as possible. Agreed. So Agreed. We will talk about how to, uh, if you are a physician, how to convince your patients to uh, take the vaccine on the next episode. Yeah.
1: How about that? And maybe some educational, again, how do you, convince somebody or at least show them another side of this debate uh how do you do that logically informatively but also maybe courteously and we'll use the physician side of things courteously you're we're not a fan of being courteous
2: oh just a good meme
1: maybe we can have a meme contest that you know that would be fun maybe we could have a meme meme, contest for any of our followers so for for
2: everybody who's following us on whichever platform we're on uh how about how about that i I like that a lot so whether you're listening at home or whether you uh you know are are watching on youtube or follow on instagram or if you're on the treadmill like chris uh why don't you send us a meme on why you should vaccinate and and we need to make it uh you know, not, not too mean. And,
1: uh, oh, and, I mean, it could be of a variety yeah, no, make of formats. It, make sure. it
0: uh, clean, clean language. Clean. And, of course. uh, we will pick the winner and, uh, or a couple winners and the best ones and put them on our Instagram page. How about so
1: that? So can they,
2: they will and email some them. Bl- And some merch maybe. Yeah. 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 Absolutely.
0: Email, so the, them, email the winner... them to the biobusters at gmail.com. Perfect. Perfect. The winner will get a BioBusters mic, and uh, the top best five memes will put on our page.
1: Yeah, and we'll have uh, we'll have maybe an announcement about this as one of our posts on the Instagram page. Yeah, tomorrow. I like and that. We, we like can run that. it for we can run it for a few weeks just to give people enough time. I also want to do a
0: bracket on uh, like a. Like sort of similar to like a basketball bracket mm-hmm. on like, you know, pathogens against pathogens. Pick, wow. pick pick the best pathogen, you know?
1: We'll have to have some pretty specific rules there. Which two pathogens
0: there. make it to the finals? I'll, I'll work on that. I'll work on that. Obviously, Parasite is going to win, but I'll work on that. Of course. <laughs> we'll see what our listeners pick. All right. All right. Game segment.
2: Uh, Keller, take it so away. That's what you want to run with is a, as a, a bracket of bug against bug. Yeah, we could do that. Don't you think that'll be fun? I so, like it. But so I'm not now a for the game segment. So um, great. So if, if you've been listening before, you know we have uh, a game segment each episode where we present a, a medical scenario, uh, typically about a micro, and ask uh, you to to email us at thebiobusters at gmail dot com uh, uh, to uh, possibly win a prize. Which would probably be a mug, would be my guess. For now. For our now. merch, our merch is mugs, yeah. I'm giving away all your merch. Sorry, Delbert. <laughs> I'm giving it all away. That's okay. So, so from uh, we, we do have a, a couple right answers from last episode. That's great. Uh, and so, our, our last episode's uh, question, we had a, a woman in early December, and in her early 50s came to a local clinic in northern Louisiana with a two-day history of headache and fever, and the recent onset of a stiff neck. Hopefully my, my students are thinking about meningitis at about this point. She denied any recent close contacts as her children live in far off states. Well, they just don't visit her for most of the time. She has not been outdoors and does not remember having any mosquito bites. While taking her history, the patient vomits and loses consciousness. Nasal swabs, blood samples, and a CSF sample are taken. And the cerebrospinal fluid is reported as cloudy with increased opening pressure, which means there's something in there. Despite aggressive medical care, the patient lapsed into a coma and died. Postmortem analysis of the CSF sample revealed modal trophozoites, which are what, Dr. A? Uh, Trophozoites are a form of the
0: parasite that is amorphic and uh, free-moving and non-cyst-like.
2: Uh, and it's actively sp- divided for protozoa wormstone. Yeah, yeah. So the question was what is the cause of agent and how did the patient acquire it? I'm going to skip down and read from our winner. Hello, Dr. A, Dr. Foner, Dr. Keller. I enjoyed listening to your podcast while I made dinner tonight. Not always a good idea, depending on what we're talking about, <laughs> but great. My guess for the case micro, based on skimming our micro textbook a little Google, is Nagleria Fowleri. Which is correct, and it is uh, this case was acquired via nasal irrigation with a neti pot. One of my students, Mary Bell, very good, Mary. We just covered it last week, but she guessed before that. She guessed before that. Yeah, yeah. guessed before. Mary, well. you are
0: our winner. Uh, yes. Please email us at thebiobusters at gmail dot com. If you are in Erie, uh, you can pick up your gift from Lecom. I can leave it with security for you, but just email me so I can set that up. If you are outside of Erie, also email me and I will uh, put it in the post for you.
2: Wonderful, that's that's just great. Now, just to finish up our case from, from last week, I, I wanna say Negleria is a very uncommon parasitic infection. It usually lives in standing water, like lakes and ponds, maybe maybe slow moving rivers, and it lives in the dirt at the bottom of the the silt, at the bottom of the, of the pond or lake. And so it's associated with diving into the into the water. And when it gets when it, the the dirt gets all disturbed, the uh, the parasite actually crosses up right through the nose. So mm-hmm. it, it's one of the few parasites, probably only one I know that infects through the nose. Uh, it is the only one I know. So. Dude, I would and be. I, it,
1: I I admire what you guys do. I love parasitology <laughs> itself, but having to, uh, I'm paranoid enough. Oh, the pictures would, are the best. I would part be afraid. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> so so you should see. I mean, it actually will infect the brain. It's the brain eating amoeba. But but the interesting thing is when it crosses through through the nose, it messes with your olfactory bulb, which is. Mm-hmm. Involved in, in the smell and taste, and so it causes an altered sense of smell, such as um, you know the, the, the roses smell like chocolate. Uh, I was trying to go with something nice there. Uh, it, it's a very, it's not you don't lose your your sense of smell, it but it does change. with it. it. It's, it's really up. strange, yeah. So it's that's, that's one of the hallmark the- signs.
1: Wow, okay, but that's it, cool.
2: it
0: it it usually kills you within a couple days. It's a not, couple of days.
2: Yeah. Uh, it's about a hundred. It's ninety eight percent lethal. There's been a yeah. handful of survivors. Right. Extremely rare,
0: like Doctor Keller said. Uh, I think in the U S. less than ten cases annually. So nobody has oh, to have oh, any oh, nightmares easily,
2: about it. We were talking like maybe a handful of cases every summer, usually in the southern states. Yeah, but the neti pot has brought on a different scenario with that because if you don't know what a neti pot is i'd suggest just not finding out but (laughs) it's it's disturbing Uh, dr cardi somebody we work with swears by them but when uh, you can get them at cvs they're little look like tea kettles you fill it up with sterile water and uh it's a nasal irrigation so you drain out your sinuses they now have pumps i guess attached to them i heard so, you so yeah, pump. you
0: you, you yeah. put it in one nostril, uh, effectively apply some pressure, or 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 go sideways, and the water goes out the other nostril. No, not anymore.
2: <laughs> I guess they're making some with that'll actively pump it out the other side. Oh
0: wow! Okay, okay, you, okay.
2: You're, you're, pu- you're you're pumping out here. Sorry, but but, but anyway, never ever use here. tap
0: water. If That's the if point. you yeah. have to do that, then also make sure you boil. Boil the thing, and uh, it it can hurt if it's not uh, salt adjusted. Very good.
2: Thank you. So now for this episode's riddle. In 2010, a Japanese immigrant was seen in a German hospital for evaluation of a cherry-sized lump near the belly button. The subcutaneous lump was painless and non-itching and had developed over a six-month period without any migratory sensation. No other skin lesions were present. She had just finished radiotherapy for invasive ductal breast cancer the month prior. The patient had immigrated to Germany 42 years ago from Japan and does regularly visit family back in Japan. Surgical excision of the lump revealed helminthic structures typical of cestones. The exact species was determined by PCR. And so, since uh, Rick thought the case was pretty easy this week, Rick, so what is this and how did she likely acquire it? If you want to answer, please uh, email us at...
0: TheBioBusters at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, Speaking of emails, we had a few uh, good guesses. Just a few shout-outs here for, to uh, Rick, who always writes us. Thank you, Rick. You also had it correct. And Jake. Jake, Jake also wrote. And he correctly guessed uh, primary yeah. amoebic meningoencephalitis uh, by the brain-eating
1: amoeba. Please keep those answers coming. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'd rather, I'd rather have to make a hard choice. And along with answers, anything you are wondering about or hearing in the news or anything you've ever thought of scientific-wise that you'd like us to discuss and break down, please give us suggestions. We're always open to them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So that is our show for today. You can email us at thebiobusters at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. And now you can find us on Instagram. And uh, please email us questions, comments, suggestions. We are happy to have a back and forth discussion and take topic suggestions from you. And
1: uh, we will catch you at the next episode. Anything else guys? Just uh, remember our contest. We'll have some details ironed out about this meme contest. Yeah, we'll do a
0: post. We'll do a post about Yeah, that.
1: We'll do it on Instagram. So um, if you need to remind yourself of those details or, you know, the timeline that we'll come up with Uh, check the Instagram page over the next few days and send us those memes. We can't wait to see them. Beautiful. All All right. right. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. you.